Money can buy a lot of things. and Many financial advisors will tell you to diversify and invest some of your funds in precious metals. Well, both Travis and I like gold, as does Andreas Kaltais, the CEO of Novum Gold. They're seeking to change how gold is bought, sold, and stored around the world. And another thing money can buy could be purchased legally in some places, but not so much in others. And when I was away in Toronto, Travis commandeered the mic and interviewed Michael Wagner and Gabriel Allred from the Tokes platform to discuss how their platform intends to solve the banking problem that those in the cannabis industry are having. Meanwhile, the blockchain train keeps chugging along, and we've got some news that continues to demonstrate how it's truly an unstoppable force. And you know what else is unstoppable? This podcast. In fact, we've disabled the stop button on your podcast player. So, guess you're stuck with us for episode number 272 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And I wonder how many people hit the pause or the stop button there after I said that they couldn't stop our podcast. I don't know, man. <laughs> what is this, a podcast, man? Travis, you're bad. You, <laughs> you really are bad. Uh, you know... <laughs> I uh, I used to smoke weed a lot. Like I smoked enough weed for a lifetime for about five years straight when I was in college. And, th- and then I quit. It just, you know, wasn't for me anymore. Uh, still isn't. I don't care that other people smoke it. But we've kind of had a policy on this show that we weren't going to do cannabis stuff. So what do you do while I leave town? I mean, you know, I used to smoke weed, too. I still do. You but still I do. used to, too. There you go, Mr. Mitch Hedberg. There's a shout out for him. Yeah, you were gone, man. I told you. Uh, I, I really thought this was a great project, and you know, you agreed as well. It's not necessarily have anything to do with smoking weed, but dispensaries out there do have a challenge when it comes to you know keeping cash on board and, and banks, and you know, a lot of times banks won't even let them have an account, and so here they are with all this weed and all this money, and that's just like a prime place to get robbed. So that's not safe for anyone. So this solution we're going to talk about later on uh, helps help solve some of that. Yeah, we'll also be speaking with Novum Gold, which I have zero objections to because I like gold a whole lot. We've seen some projects that have failed to deliver in tokenizing gold, and I feel like these guys may really be on to something here, and you'll hear more about that as well. Best swag ever. So Yeah, they were actually handing out grams of gold at the uh, at the show so so i just I, kept coming back with like different costumes on i was like welcome hello i am i am, I am travis may i i what is your product oh very nice man i uh, thank you i come back around oh hello i i would like to try some of your swag <laughs> <laughs> i only went there, i only went there like 18 times though so it's no big deal you're so offensive, Travis. <laughs> and by the way, we are we offended somebody recently. We got a review on Facebook uh, from somebody that gave us one star, said they would not recommend us because we made a racist comment about Turkey and went back and listened to the show. And all it was is one of us mentioned Turkey and the other one was like, gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about and that. Somehow. Turkey. Yes, yeah, so I no, love turkey sandwiches. Racist. I don't know why they got so offended. Uh, you know what else I love, Travis? I love that we have sponsors that enjoy the show and that support the show. And it's, you know, we don't charge you guys for the show. I don't see anybody sending me Bitcoin from our audience say, hey, thanks for the show. But Blue Share is happy to sponsor us. These security tokens, it's BST. And what they do is provide exposure to a construction business that has 23 years of a proven track record and a pipeline of natural resources in the mining and exploration projects. In fact, they claim to be the first construction and mining company to offer its shares using Ethereum blockchain smart contracts. They've secured mining exploration concessions with a forecasted worth of, get this, $4.3 billion U.S. dollars in construction aggregates, which include gold, silver, copper, zinc, and $27 billion more in possible 
forthcoming expansion opportunities. So blue shares are the tokenized underlying equity capital participation shares of their company. It's a Swiss-based mining company called Interprom, and uh, they're available for purchase right now to be sold for 90 days starting from May 6th. If you want to check that out and are a qualified investor or allowed by law wherever you are, go to blueshare.io, go watch the video, learn more about it, and see if it's for you. Hey, Trav, we're not we're we're not there yet. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. But hey, before we get to our features, you go ahead and smoke up over there. I want to let you guys know that both the interviews today with Novum and Tokes are sponsored interviews. That means we're being compensated for presenting these to you today. Full disclosure, because we respect you. Our audience, we think you're going to enjoy them both. Of course, as always, we're making no recommendations. We're not financial advisors. Go do your own due diligence. And if you do something stupid with your cryptos in any way, shape, or form, it's your fault. It's not ours. It's you. So be smart. Be wise. Learn about what you're investing in. All right. Smoke up, Trav. Yeah, man. All right. While you're smoking up, let's get to our interview with uh, Novum Gold. Mr. Travis Wright, after a couple days at Consensus, how's your voice doing, bro? Oh, yeah, it's doing great. You can tell it's beautiful. Uh, we are, you know, you know, it happens. You, you go to these loud events and you got to yell over everyone to try to talk. You sounded super sexy. Yeah, thanks, baby. It's- How you doing? <laughs> hey, girl, we're here talking to the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, whether your voice is sexy or not, the topic we're going to talk about is super sexy because everybody likes talking about gold. Who doesn't love gold? Go, you and I are both. You know, we, we, we're we pirates. Yar, give me some more matey. of that booty, matey. Arr, matey. Give me more booty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love the booty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like gold booty, and I cannot lie. And silver, I won't deny. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> we have with us a gentleman our team's been talking to for a little bit. We had an opportunity to, <laughs> to meet here at the event. His name is Andreas Kautais. He's the CEO of Novum. The website is Novum gold.com and what was really cool here at this event is they were handing out grams of gold travis not grams of the other thing not gra- that's good grams of gold i mean that's a pretty that's a pretty awesome piece of swag i'm pretty sure that's the best swag here welcome to a uh, bad crypto uh, um, can i call you andy yeah like you can that. call me andy, I'm, gonna sure. call you, I'm gonna call you andy because sure. that's how i want to talk to you wearing that kangaroo tie <laughs> andreas just seems too formal for a guy with kangaroos on his tie. well you get to mention it's golden kangaroos you know golden kangaroos of course how did i over how did i miss that so novum gold uh, your website uh, novumgold.com a better way to buy gold uh, you claim to be changing how gold is bought sold and stored throughout the world now let let's deal with the kangaroo in or the elephant in the living room first. <laughs> a little American expression for you in Australia. I think it's dealing with the kangaroo in the living room because what is the Probably kangaroo is, yeah. doing in the living room anyway? There have been a number of blockchain projects that have claimed to blockchainify gold. Tell us what's gone wrong with that, and then you could tell us how you're fixing it. All right, so. First off, I don't think that you can just totally do that because gold in its own, you need it in its physical, uh, as a physical thing, and you're never going to get rid of that. So that's not exactly what we are trying to do because we're a traditional gold business. So we buy and sell physical gold and we're not going to try to stop doing that because we believe in it. But uh, to answer your question exactly why most of these projects have failed to do it or especially to do it the right way is probably because they don't come from the gold industry. Mm. Uh, those were uh, We know a couple of them personally, and they're very smart guys, very smart people, um, very digital people as well. But uh, without a background in, in the industry that you're trying to, to impact, it's a, little, it's a little hard. It can easily lead you to make a couple of mistakes that you will only notice later down the road, but that will impact how the business goes. I'm curious, did you know the guys at DIG? former Unity in God, because that's the one that we're most familiar with. We never had them on the show, though, did we, Trev? We did not, but we had somebody on the show who really loved them and then really hated them. Yeah, really hates them now, whose name will not be mentioned, but rhymes with Bonnie Coass. Yeah, ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, be nice, Travis. Be nice. 
So I don't know. Do you know anything about dignity no. and what? Ha- I mean, no, no. We still don't know, and I'm not. I, you know, they're still tied up in legal stuff. So yeah, what's, no, what's nobody really knows. So what's the right way to to do this? Because I'm assuming that's what you guys are seeking to do. So we started this over a year ago, and uh, I think what we, together with our lawyers, have come up with is a very smart way to do it, which is that the actual ownership, the factual ownership of the gold, is with the token holder. So in our case, uh, when we put gold into the vault at the storage company, uh, they issue a paper of ownership and that paper allows you to go pick up the gold and we just tokenized that. It sounds very easy now, uh, but this was a lot of work to get it down legally and to find that solution. Yeah, it's, it's like how the U.S. dollar used to be. I mean, you could take the $10 certificate and go get gold. Long time ago. Long time ago. So my question would be around paper gold, right? There's... You know, on the gold markets and silver markets, there's way more paper, gold and silver than there are actual yeah, gold and silver. Exactly. Does this does this help solve that problem? Well, it won't per se help solve that problem because these products are going to uh, keep uh, being out there uh, no matter what we do almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't want to trust in that and if you want something that is redeemable, uh, then our product is a solution to that because uh, the, the actual, the real... Uh, sustainable uh, redeemability of the gold is one of the main pr- problems that most of the token projects out there have, in our opinion. For example, they uh, they allow you to buy their tokens for a price that is very close to the price of spot gold. However, uh, they claim redeemability. But if you want to redeem a gram, five gram, ten gram, uh, the production of these very small amounts of gold into actually certified bars costs a ton of money. So unless they charge you afterwards, they would make a loss. And so that just doesn't really work. They probably thought it uh, through that, yeah, sure, we're just going to give people back gold. But like I said, not from the industry. So these problems occur then. So how much is a token? Because I know that it's, it's tokenized to the gold. I mean, so if you have one gram of gold, how many tokens is that? Is that one token? or If you have one gram of gold, that is 100 tokens. Okay. We made it this way because we, I mean, you, you know, in, in, in countries like, like this or where I come from, for you and I, a gram of gold is not that much money. But there are countries on earth where that is a lot of money, whether that's a week's or even a month's payment. And we, we wanted to make it accessible to everyone uh, so they could even save up to owning one gram at some point, and that's why we made it uh, 100 tokens being one gram of gold. Mm. To make that relative so people know, if you aren't aware of the price, the current price as of uh, timestamp today, which is May the something, something, <laughs> I don't even know what day it is anymore, 15th. Travis. The 15th, thank you. Um, it is $55 for uh, US dollars for one gram of gold, and it's sitting just under $1,300 an ounce. And, uh, okay, so... It's, you know, I'm looking through the website and you're talking about accessibility, third party verifications, fungibility, accessibility in this chart. I'm a little confused just because I'm not too savvy on all this. Uh, it says that it's block, it's not blockchain gold in terms of accessibility, right? Because you have to have it physically or else you don't have the gold. Exactly. Right. But it says sometimes blockchain gold uh, regarding market price. I'm not sure I understand how that works. The thing with blockchain gold is, uh, some of the gold tokens out there, their price doesn't seem to correspond with the price of gold, mm. which is interesting. Um, but if, what what we tell our customers, what we are making for them, is a token that is tied to the price of gold, and and that is uh, very much because of the underlying gold in it. You know, if you if you make a token like that, there's there are some tokens out there that uh, base on gold that is apparently in a mine that apparently exists that they apparently own and so right. how can how can you be uh, how can you say that uh, that token is going to be stable because of that gold that hasn't been mined yet that uh, isn't really verified if it's even there you know so uh, that's why we put that there or um, if, if I may add to that okay, yeah. if even in, in the very freak situation that our gold token would drop completely uh, on the exchanges on the market uh, its its value would go to almost zero. Well, you could still go and get your gold back, and that means you wouldn't lose all of it. So, do you think this becomes more like a a, a token that's a, a gold stablecoin? That's one of the main ideas behind it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which we, is needed because it's actually you know uh, most crypto is tied to the dollar, exactly. right? But it's tied to Bitcoin, which is tied to the dollar. Yeah. Which there's nothing backing the dollar. Exactly. 
also a dollar is probably more volatile than gold is in itself. And uh, so, yeah. So what's the, you know, for the consumer that wants to buy or sell gold, what's the big selling point? Why should they go this route to buy or sell it rather than just buy it using fiat? Well, you, you can you, you can buy it with us using fiat. Uh, right. Sorry, sorry but, maybe I got the question uh, wrong. Well, I'm trying to identify the benefit of buying it this way. Ah, okay, sure. So if you, there are benefits to this way and to the old school way as well, and we still sell both in our stores. So. Okay, so break break down. What's why would you buy? You know, using the traditional way, and what would the circumstances be that you would buy using the new way? Okay, so the traditional way first, physical gold, if you have it, you have a ton of value in your hands and, and even tiny amounts of it are already quite quite worthy. If you have something of the size of, of a recent iPhone, uh, that's going to be worth, uh, depending on, on weight, between 30 and 50 grand. Uh, so it's a very easy way to, to store wealth uh, with you. Can I uh, get a 24 karat gold iPhone, like the whole thing just made of gold? Actually, someone is producing those. They do. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but then they're not certified because the certified gold bars all have, have certain shapes. And so it wouldn't be as worthy. So, but well, yeah, sure. It would also bring new meaning. I lost my phone. You know, find my <laughs> iPhone. Where's my phone? It's gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then again, uh, with this comes the problem of, of risk. There's risk of, of losing it if it's very small amounts. There's risk of it being stolen. There's even the risk of it making you a target for, for theft or, or other criminal activity. Then there is insurance. Uh, you can't really insure it if you just keep it on, under your pillow uh, or, or in your cupboard. Uh, if you put it in a safe, uh, those safes that insurance companies accept as safe uh, are quite expensive. So you would need to store a larger amount of gold for it to even make sense to pay that much for for that. Uh, if you store it with a bank, um, well, that depends on how much you trust the bank. And uh, also, depending on the country, how much the bank would want to know what exactly you put in there. And, you know, anonymity being something that uh, some people value. And uh, also um, the disappropriation topic. Um, in some countries, including the countries where, where we come from, uh, there are laws that uh, the government in times of war or crisis can disappropriate gold and other valuables from the citizens. And um, if you store it in the bank and the government knows about it, they can take that away from you. Well, that that's happened here. right? What year was it that uh, we went up the gold standard? Not like 32 was whatever, 33 or something like that, whenever they took the gold. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And and so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a topic to think about as well. So for that reason, uh, we believe it also makes sense to, to keep some of it that is stored very safely. We store it in, in Liechtenstein in, uh, in, uh, with a storage facility, storage company called Trisuna or OZL. It's a German word, so they wouldn't make sense to the uh, uh, English-speaking uh, listeners here, but um, uh, you can just Google them, OZL in Liechtenstein. They store the art and diamonds and gold for the, the billionaire families of Liechtenstein, so they know the part about safety. Yeah. That's all right, and it's insured there as well. But then there's the other thing, it being in Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein is one of the very few countries on earth where uh, disappropriation uh, is is not a topic. It's not in the law. So the government can't just take it. And even if the government were to suppose such a law, the ruling family would need to say, yeah, sure, let's do that. And they're not going to because they're holding uh, insane amounts of gold as well. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> We're going to so- take our own gold. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, how strong is the Liechtenstein army? <laughs> well, they, they have Switzerland behind them. so. Hey, so I, I have a question around the exchange or, me, or a thought around creating an exchange. Because if gold in your token is sort of like a stable coin, right, then you could pair other cryptos to it and create an exchange. So is that something that's on the roadmap or something you guys are thinking about or working on? No, creating our own exchange is not on the roadmap, uh, our roadmap at the moment uh, because... Um, so our gold back token is uh, regulated as a security token in Liechtenstein. And uh, as you're well aware of, uh, many uh, exchanges are having a ton of work and a ton of troubles getting the uh, appropriate licenses to be able to trade such, mm-hmm. such a thing at all. And since we are uh, just in the beginning of this journey, we want to focus on the product right. itself before in- inviting be all so that cool. kind of work to us. You know. I think it would be amazing. Yeah, pair of I, I want to buy, yeah, pair my gold to, my, to Bitcoin. I want, I want to be able to to switch them back and forth easily. I, I want to be able to buy a gram with bad coin. That's the day I look forward to. Oh yeah, right. That I can buy some gold with some bad. 
Yeah. So I think one of the things that intrigues me the most is if Travis wanted to say, hey, Joel, sell me a gram of gold, then the gold that you're holding for me, basically, he sends me the tokens. Exactly. And the gold is digitally transferred into his wallet, his name, right? His ID. No. Uh, How does it work? Uh, if if you're the token holder, well, the, the gold is owned by, uh, not, not owned by, uh, the gold is... Uh, in the hands of the person who has that paper that we tokenized, so okay. the token holder in that case. So if you have the tokens in, in your possession, in your wallet, you can always come up to us. Or if one day we might not exist anymore, the storage facility and say, here is proof. I have these tokens, set amount, uh, this amount of tokens, and then you will get uh, the gold for it. But it's just a simple transaction on our phone. Exactly. That's all it is, yeah. right? So we don't actually have to be holding it to, to do it. Exactly. And that's the, that is the benefit. Yes. But you did mention you have stores. Yes. Well, so if we, I want to take my, my 100 tokens and go get a gram of gold, where do I go? How do I do that? At the moment, um, our, our main store is in Austria, in Wels, in the city of Wels. Uh, however, with our, with our second token, a utility token, we're, uh, we're uh, fundraising with it. We're going to have a, hold on, that's the bad word, ICO, uh, <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in, a, in a couple of weeks for that. And because we want to open up a lot of more stores. The reason being that the gold industry, especially over over in in Europe, I don't know how it is uh, over here in the US, but if you think about a place where you can where you could sell, for example, old jewelry, a, a ring, a necklace, or something, you're not exactly thinking about a nice place. Probably a pawn shoppy mm-hmm. kind of dark, shady kind of store, right? And um, we know that uh, this business in itself is huge. There are thousands and thousands of those um, all over Europe. Um, but most of them are shady places like that, and we wanna we mo- wanna make him better. I, I actually just received renderings from the uh, architectural company uh, uh, who are designing our stores, and they're gonna look amazing. I can show you afterwards. Mm. They're gonna be on a website in a couple of days as well. We want to open up those doors and, and make the whole process more transparent, so mm. you will see on the website the price for the gold that you're gonna get. And so if you bring your your jewelry to us, you will know what you're walking into. You won't feel like you have to barter or like you got a bad deal, but we're going to make it all transparent and honest. And uh, we we think that is another step towards uh, making the gold industry a better industry. Is it better than the the prices that I see on the online websites? Because sometimes the you know you get your spot price, which is just like you really you're charging me that much more. I understand making a profit, but you know how how do your prices compare? Well, the thing is. Uh, we, we we give very good pricing. We always hear that. That's why many customers come to us, even though we're a little bit outside of, of the main city. Um, the thing is, it, it depends on how much gold actually is in your jewelry. We, we have expensive machinery that will... Uh, find out and uh, by that we can tell you exactly because there's so many grams of gold in there and then we give you very good money for it are you ready to melt your teeth down your gold teeth mr travis right you have my, gold my, teeth? my gold tooths no i don't okay. um so so can I, I could bring you silver coins and gold coins and then you give me tokens back is, is, that, is that what happens or you, you give me cash well i say hey i want to give you these gold coins and i want bitcoin right um, so i can get your tokens and then trade it for bitcoin well, uh, we uh, I gotta uh, be uh, I gotta take care of you because on on the legal side we can't exchange one thing for the other, but you can exchange it for money and then in the same moment with that money buy that uh-huh. thing from us in the okay. store. So th- there's a detail in the process that gotcha, could mean that gotcha. we need different licenses in business. So gotta be uh, uh, gotta okay. be careful here. But yes, and you actually can. Yeah. So the, the more gold that you guys get, are you able to tokenize more and more and then create new tokens, or is your tokens a finite amount? Oh, no, no. We have an in- infinite amount of it. We're talking to a couple of people who need uh, an insane amount of, of, of gold tokenized. And so we're minting it on the go all the time. Very cool. Andreas, golden kangaroo boy. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Thanks for stopping by, sharing the project. Check it out, novumgold.com. Thanks for having me. Hey, Trev. Dude. Yeah, yeah well. Like, <laughs> We we need. Are you ready for the Tokes interview? It's a Tokes platform. Woo! All right, here we go. All right. Well, Mr. Joel Com is away today, and those of you who have listened to Bad Crypto in the past, you know that there's a few types of projects that he doesn't really like to go into. Gambling is one. You know, doesn't want to go in any porn ones. Doesn't like any you know cannabis ones. 
but I am a fan of the cannabis and Mr. Joel Kama's away. So <laughs> we're going to talk about the Tokes platform today and uh, very exciting stuff here. We have with us Michael and Gabriel of the Tokes platform. That's tokesplatform.org. Gentlemen, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks, Travis. Good to be here. Thank you for having us. Hey, our, my pleasure. I would say our pleasure, but Joel's not here. So maybe not his pleasure. That's that's okay. That's okay. We're bad. So what what is your guys' roles with uh, with Tokes? Yeah. Uh, so this is Michael here. I am a co-founder along with Gabriel and and acting as CEO. And as Mike said, I am the co-founder, uh, currently acting as chief communications officer. Very good. So now I know this is not like a typical sort of cannabis coin. There's a lot of cannabis coins out there. You guys are actually a platform that is helping merchants. And I know that that's one of the reasons why I really like this is that you guys have sort of created this point of sale software suite that is a crypto payment based and it can function as inventory and product management, accounting, sales, employee performance tracking, integration with regulatory stuff. This is a, a full-fledged featured platform to help uh, like dispensaries out there sort of manage their business, correct? Yeah, you got it. You you really nailed a couple of key points there. Um, and, I, and I hate for us to be pigeonholed as uh, simply a cannabis-oriented company because uh, to, to your exact point, uh, the verticals that we focus on today, one of those being digital currency payment pro- processing, is truly applicable to uh, virtually any industry that exists out there. Uh, so all merchant types, whether it be a coffee shop, uh, apparel store, we saw some news uh, recently about the Flexa app being accepted at Whole Foods um, and a number of other retail locations. Essentially, the software that we're building today, while there's a focus and emphasis on being distributed to dispensaries and cannabis cultivators, um, is is really broadly available to all merchants who are interested in accepting crypto in their business. Now, so is this now you said this is a software suite. Now, does this also have hardware components as well with it? I mean, it seems like they have to have some sort of device to be able to help you scan the cryptos in right so what does that what does that that suite look like uh yeah so fundamentally it's uh it's system agnostic it's designed to run on tablets pcs uh even a mobile device so right now you'll see a lot of point of sale applications are running on an ipad or or a samsung tablet at the at the actual point of sale so we're mm-hmm. device agnostic uh we are building in integrations for things like thermal printers cash register drawers uh albeit our focus is on uh, cryptocurrency payment processing, right? So uh, the ideal workflow looks like this. A consumer goes in with their mobile wallet. The salesperson punches in the items that the customer is planning to purchase. And then a QR code is generated, which is querying the actual USD to crypto conversion of the items that they want to purchase in real time. And then they just scan that QR code. It auto-propagates the amount to be uh, sent for payment settlement. And they're in and out in a matter of seconds. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just uh, actually complement that uh, with a with a description of some of the additional features and sophistication behind the app that we think are really critical to mainstream adoption, and and that really includes our price conversion mechanism. So. Uh, you know, one of the challenges that we have with crypto adoption today is that most merchants are used to and accustomed to accepting U.S. dollars. And we know that most cryptocurrencies are volatile by nature. And so we need a method in which we can uh, determine the appropriate amount of underlying crypto to accept. And by the way, our platform does accept Bitcoin and Litecoin, our native digital currency tokens, uh, Waves, Dash, and we're building out that feature set um, in future months of development. But uh, we need a method in being able to convert into the appropriate amount of units to accept at the point of sale. Um, and we need to be able to do that uh, in delivering those crypto assets with zero slippage, because the second core feature that we offer is a uh, trade processing engine or a trade conversion engine. And so the merchants can accept any of the cryptos that are available through the, the merchant gateway through the point of sale and have that immediately converted into a more desirable asset or basket of digital currency assets. So what we're getting, the feedback that we're getting a lot of times is that they don't necessarily want exposure to something like Bitcoin or Tokes, which may change in value uh, quite significantly. They just want to know that the dollar value that they accepted is what they're able to cash out at the end of the day. And so those are you know, the two core features that we've built in today. Now, so that's great. Now, are you guys using like a third party sort of, you know, like a shapeshift or a changely or is this something you guys have built into your own platform? 
we've developed it ourselves, but we have third parties that we worked with for everything from the uh, actual execution of the trades to the uh, trade or, or excuse me, to the uh, custodianship of those assets as well. So, so that, that's interesting to me because I know there's other platforms out there that, you know, if you're like an e-commerce store that, you know, you can use something like a coinpayments.net. They accept like a, a, I don't know, 1,100 different different currencies. So this is something that maybe e-commerce stores could use as well. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a retail store. Absolutely. Yeah. For the initial deployment is a physical point of sale, like brick and mortar location. Again, with the, our emphasis on the cannabis industry and dispensaries, uh, we felt that was the most appropriate. But uh, we're, we're also developing out our e-commerce framework as we speak that would make it accessible to those online retailers. Because the name Tokes platform, it lends itself you know, to the cannabis industry. Is that something where you maybe going to white label it to other industries or are you going to keep it the same brand? It's a great question, and uh, we've really been discussing that quite a bit internally. Uh, we're looking at probably an alternative brand um, associated with the more industry agnostic platform, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously all under the same same banner of uh, not necessarily the brand of Tokes, but under our corporate umbrella. Right. It makes sense. I mean, you know, over the last decade, you know, the cannabis industry has gained a lot of legitimacy. I actually wrote a uh, wrote some, some really – I wrote a speech and gave a speech back in the late 90s to the Kansas – uh, you know, uh, uh, House of Representatives in uh, Topeka, um, Kansas. And I was talking about, you know, there's, you, know you can make 50,000 things out of cannabis. And the fact that it's illegal is one of the greatest disjustices, I think, in the world. Because, I mean, look at what we've done over these last 100 years with plastics and oil and, you know, all the pollution that's, uh, that happens as a result of that, all the wars that have happened as a result of, of oil and in the Middle East. And if we had just had cannabis the whole time be legal and using hemp uh you know hemp seed oil and all that other stuff just to you know to to power the cars like henry ford invented a car that ran off of hemp seed oil you know it's like we would have avoided a whole lot of travesties that had happened in the 20th century i think if if cannabis had been legal long ago that's funny you say that uh so we we recorded a uh, mini documentary back in 2017 and we had the Nevada state senator Tick Siegerblum as one of the commentators on, on that video and uh, I think his exact quote was was well his quote was something to the effect of if everybody woke up and took a couple puffs of a joint in the morning the world would be a much more peaceful place you know <laughs> right well I don't know I, I, I would be so productive I'm normally good <laughs> with a couple of tokes in the evening. That right. seems to work better for me. In the morning, I'm, I'm just going to be worthless most of the day, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way my mind works. Um, so let me ask you, since we're talking about Tokes, you know, literally and figuratively, uh, Tokes is the cryptocurrency for your platform. Maybe tell us how the TKS token works within your ecosystem. So Tokes is the native digital currency, is an asset. It's built on top of the Waves blockchain. Uh, We selected Waves back in 2016. We were an early adopter uh, of the protocol. And and really, when we were identifying which protocol we wanted to operate on top of, Knowing that we needed, uh, knowing that we were dealing with merchant transactions primarily, uh, we needed a blockchain that would be both fast and inexpensive. And so, Wave satisfied that need for us. Uh, transaction fees are less than a penny. Uh, our transactions settle typically in a couple of seconds. Uh, we actually have some uh, demos up on our YouTube channel where you can see a transaction in process and. Um, Within the within the ecosystem itself, though, we have a number of incentive mechanisms built around utilizing tokens. So again, we knew we needed to be token agnostic with a point of sale software because it's difficult enough to get adoption and encourage businesses to use crypto as it is. And if we were exclusive to tokens, we felt that that would be a real inhibitor to our business development efforts. And so, um, but what we can do is build in incentive incentives around using tokens itself. So, for example. Uh, you can get a 10 or 20% discount off of your cannabis purchase when paying with tokes. Or mm. alter- alternatively, on the flip side of that, a business that is accepting and maybe retaining tokes will get an additional bonus on the back end. And, and that's an incentive that we will subsidize as a company to help encourage and spur adoption ourselves. There is a, a real nice uh, feature that we have accessible, and that's through our partnership with uh, CryptoSpace and Vault Logic, which is a smart crypto ATM network. And so, you know, they enable essentially the buying and selling of a number of digital currencies uh, through their ATM kiosk and also does serve as a 
uh, a form of vault that can be retained right on site. And so uh, tokes is purchasable through that network. Um, again, the idea here is that we can make it very easy for consumers to come and procure cryptocurrency if they don't have it already, um, get their wallet downloaded on the spot, and then use that and um, you know receive some benefits uh, in doing so. So, And then an additional promotional item we might do is just simply like a loyalty program of sorts where you know buy 10 joints uh, with tokes and get your 11th one free or something to that effect. Now, I have a question around, you know, it's difficult for a lot of these dispensaries around America to have bank accounts, right? It's, you know, <clears throat> I know that uh, a lot of a lot of dispensaries have problems and they'll only accept cash. Like I've gone into many dispensaries all around the world and you always have to, you know, go to the ATM machine first, right? And so a lot of times these, these dispensaries are holding just a, an unsafe amount of cash on hand, right? So here they are. They have all this cash, all this weed, right? Perfect place to get, you know, robbed, right? Which has happened in a lot of dispensaries. So how does this work with the Tokes platform for them to be able to get their USD out? So they're able to transfer it, their crypto into cash. Then what happens? Like, how are they actually able to get their cash? Because most bank accounts aren't necessarily connecting to them. Yeah, that's a great question. And that's actually still a... Um... A point of friction for us, although, as I mentioned earlier, we are working with a few third parties to establish a custodianship uh, relationship. So currently what we can really facilitate is the acceptance of crypto and the conversion of that crypto into alternative assets. So our proposition is essentially if you want to retain um, the value of your crypto converted into a stable asset, uh, you know, whether it be USD Tether or Circle or Gemini Dollar or any of the other stable currencies that are dollar backed um, that exist out there. And then ultimately what, what we're trying to uh, accomplish right now is have providers that are upstream from them uh, accept crypto as well. So for example, if a dispensary accepts and then converts into a stable dollar and needs to replenish their inventory from a cannabis cultivator, uh, they can take their digital currency units, transfer that peer-to-peer -peer via blockchain to the cultivator and um, and you know, purchase their inventory and now move the cash electronically out of their uh, self-custodianship. Further, the cultivator could then use it to pay for, say, power bills or pay for nutrients or, uh, you know, any of their other maybe utility bills or operating expenses. And if we're able to accomplish that, it eventually gets to a point up chain where somebody does have a bank account. They can easily liquidate that. We help facilitate that process. And, uh, and, and now we've eliminated the need for every um, individual entity along the supply chain to actually liquidate themselves, but rather move that electronically peer to peer um, and get it to a point where there's there's not so much friction with bank accounts. Cool deal. I got a couple more questions here. So let's say, for example, I go to a dispensary here locally. I live in Missouri. They don't have dispensaries here yet. However, medical is now legal, right? And they are starting to open up some dispensaries. Let's say I'm in Colorado and I go to my dispensary and they don't have the Tokes platform and I want to be able to you know, pay for my product in with Tokes. Is there any sort of incentive you guys have for helping get getting these dispensaries on? Like, say, one of our listeners goes to his favorite dispensary and gets them to connect to the Tokes platform. Do they like get some free joints or something? Uh, you know, we don't have a uh, we don't have a formal program in place. You don't but... have, a, you don't have a, a weed affiliate program. We should. We really should. So uh, it's not set up yet, but uh, you know, certainly willing to support the people that are helping support us grow our business. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Maybe if you go out there and just message them and say, Hey, I got this store to, to check out Tokes and look me up. That might be good. I want to also talk about the supply chain, right? Because that's one of the key things I think that, that is very important when it comes to product on this. And especially as it starts becoming more and more legal, like I don't want to have Monsanto marijuana, right? I don't want, you know, Phillips Morris marijuana, Right. I don't I don't want there to be all kinds of crazy chemicals and stuff on my stuff. I want to know that it was like some cool local person or had his own local farm or her local farm and they're growing it and they're 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 processing it. So how does the supply chain element work of this? Because I think knowing exactly where it came from is is as cool as knowing the percentages of all of the uh, the different things inside of your product. Right. Precisely. So right now in 
legal cannabis markets, there's pretty stringent reporting requirements to the state. Uh, this is regulated on a state-by-state basis. So California has their own testing requirements. That is, uh, particular data points need to be reported per pound or per ounce. Uh, Nevada has a pretty stringent reporting process right here in our home state. They obviously test um, it's every five pounds. They're testing for terpenes, CBD uh, to THC ratios, as well as for any contaminants that are in the plant. The problem with a lot of these current processes, though, is that they're contingent on uh, just the plant being tested and then put into some bag that's then attached um, with the QR code. So this is prone to gray market slippage. So this doesn't prevent uh, you know, Bob in his home grow, who's growing with pesticides and plant growth regulators and all this nasty stuff you don't want in your cannabis. Uh, this doesn't prevent him from slipping his cannabis into the supply chain. So what we're doing is working with a company called Theracan International that tags the cannabis plant uh, using a system called Etch uh, at a more fundamental level. So it actually uh, leaves a molecular biomarker on the plant itself. And then what we're doing is taking this data and then logging it to the blockchain. So we have a supply chain visibility blockchain that we're tentatively calling Eden, E-D-E-N, like the Garden of Eden. Uh, And it uses GS1 standards, uh, one of which is known as EPSIS. So it stands for Electronic Product Code Information Services. It's a global standard for supply chain visibility. And we're appending all of this cannabis data that's gone through the Etch Biotree system to the blockchain. So we're keeping sort of a clean uh, data store that's distributed, secure on blockchain that allows um, for better providence from seed to sale for both the consumer as well as the regulator. And we're coupling that with a system that tags the plant at a better level than just QR codes. So it's really preventing that gray market slippage from coming in and out of the supply chain. I know that in our in our previous conversation, you guys have been doing some really interesting stuff with some uh, different governments and stuff, like even the state of Nevada. So what's going on over there? Yeah, you know, so a, a lot of states right now are taking interest in uh, both blockchain and cryptocurrency, and and we're seeing a lot of uh, progressive uh, approach from our local legislature in the state of Nevada. One such proposition, AB four six six, would introduce a pilot program for entities to apply to uh, that would enable a. a a closed loop cashless payment solution to be introduced and implemented throughout the cannabis industry. Uh, we, we've been supportive of um, educating these legis- legislators on how blockchain works, how our technology works, how it could be beneficial to the dispensaries to eliminate cashless payments, uh, or, pardon me, cash based payments. Um, and uh, we're quite optimistic that we'll see this uh, legislation get passed in the next couple of months. And uh, we're, we're quite hopeful that we'll be eligible uh, to participate in that program. One of the core benefits to the state of Nevada and one of the reasons why they're proposing this is that uh, these cash-based payments are not only a challenge and problem to the industry operators themselves. Uh, as you can imagine, there's significant amount of taxes that are being generated from these millions of dollars of sales of cannabis product, those taxes also need to be remitted to the state currently in in cash. And so they're literally dropping off bags, duffel bags full of money uh, to the tax department um, at their local tax authority, which is a a significant security risk for those departments as well. And so um, what we can do through through our technology and similar technologies is uh, deliver those those tax payments electronically uh, direct to the state. So they no longer have to be exposed to that same risk that the business operators are exposed to. Very cool. Well, good luck with that for sure. Your website is tokesplatform.org. You can actually download their wallet, the Tokes wallet on iOS or Android right now. And uh, you can send payments to merchants or peer to peer right on. Cool deal. Well, hey, Michael and Gabriel, thank you so much and uh, stay bad. Awesome. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. Are, Are you coming down now? What? Yeah, that's what I thought. Are you uh, are you present enough that we can tell people about the news, dude? We got news, dude. We got Facebook news. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Facebook planning to launch their coin. We discovered that they acquired the copyright or trademark, whatever it was, to Libra because that's the project for it. But now they're calling it a global coin. At least that's what they're referring to it. Uh, referring to it as internally. 
And they're saying by first quarter 2020, their digital payment system will be set up in about a dozen countries. Yeah, it's interesting. So there's a big article on the BBC about this. And it's the first time that we've ever heard it being called Global Coin. There's not really been a whole lot of details popping out around it. But Zuckerberg has been making his rounds. He has been, you know, he's been chatting with the Bank of England governor, Mark Carney. Uh, he met them. He met Mark, uh, Mr. Carney last month to discuss opportunities and risks involved launching this cryptocurrency. They've also sought advice and operational and regulatory issues from officials at the U.S. Treasury. They've also talked with folks at like Western Union. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And not only did they interview those folks, uh, it's also been mentioned that uh, Zuckerberg held talks with the Winklevoss twins about Facebook's cryptocurrency plan. So maybe he's trying to, you know, he had some chats with his old rivals there. They were the guys that came up with Facebook, and then Zuckerberg was the one who built it. And uh, maybe they, they um, you know, said, hey, let's put bygones, bygones be bygones, and let's have a chat. Did, but did they really? I mean, that's the question, right? What you, we've reported previously that the government's, uh, what was it, life? Was it life lock, life chain? Like, mm-hmm. What was it? Life, life log. Life log that was tracking. Actually, you know more about this. So what, what is the life log? Yeah, so LifeLog was a platform set up by the NSA, and its whole goal was to track the citizens and, um, you know, where are they going, what do they do, who are their friends, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just such a coincidence that the day that LifeLog was shelved is the exact day that Facebook was founded. And so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of connections with Facebook to the NSA and the CIA, and I only learned about those, you know, a couple of years ago not early on. So it was pretty well hidden. And so, you know, there's a lot of people who say that Facebook, you know, is a tool of, of, of you know, to surveil the, the populace around the world. Now they got 2 billion users now, right? And whenever you figure out when they launched it, they launched it to, you know, um, the Ivy League schools. And then it went from the Ivy League schools to, to Stanford. Then once it hit Stanford, it hit, you know, all the Pac-10, Pac-12 schools, and then just sort of spread all over the all over America, and then they finally opened it up to to regular adults. You know, the Winklevoss twins were the ones who came up with it, and then they had a settlement. I think the Winklevoss twins ended up getting sixty five million dollars from Zuckerberg, and then they invested a lot of that in Bitcoin, and then in, ended up creating Gemini, the crypto exchange. Hmm. Well, you guys can read about more about LifeLog on a Steemit post that I found. And, you know, maybe it's a conspiracy theory. Maybe it's not. But education is always a good thing. It's a thing that makes you go, hmm. You don't are, are you have you bounced back from your stoner trip there? Because, you, you know, you sound <laughs> that was all that was all fake. That was all fake. That was fake bonging. Hashtag fake bong. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's one more piece of news that is definitely closely closely related to Facebook because now you can send Bitcoin on the Facebook-owned application WhatsApp. Now, this is not official Facebook, you know, uh, this is not an endorsement from Facebook. It's Zulu Republic has a crypto messaging platform called Light.im. And now you can use somehow integrated their light.im WhatsApp bot to send and receive Bitcoin and Litecoin. Very nice. So I guess you just install that and there you go. So should I give you guys my address? No, I have to give you my phone number. I don't want to do that. Several people posted stories on social last week that says that the U.S. Copyright Office had officially recognized that Craig Wright was Satoshi Nakamoto and the inventor of Bitcoin. And the site that it was listed on was actually a Bitcoin SV site. So I saw that and I thought, mm, uh, shenanigans. Uh, mm, dang them and their shenanigans. Yeah. So is he or is he not? Yeah, but he, I mean, it, was, it was all PR is what it was. And the U.S. Copyright Office has said when they receive an application for registration, the claimant certifies that they're being truthful in the submitted materials and the Copyright Office doesn't investigate the truth of any claims. And all it takes to register a copyright is $55 in an internet connection. So a claim that the government has registered right as the author of the Bitcoin white paper are untrue. 
It, it's, it's just, it's, it is all marketing. It's all BS. It doesn't mean he's not. It just means that the copyright office isn't recognizing anybody. Anybody mm-hmm. can, you know, submit a copyright claim. All right. We have a couple of other interesting things here. A couple of videos for you guys to watch. So I don't know if you guys have seen the video in the past of Mark Dice. He was in like Santa Monica walking around on the pier and he says, hey, would you want a 10 ounce bar of silver or do you want a bar of chocolate? And it was just so amazing how many people would accept the chocolate. And in that same vein, so that video is live for you guys. It's in our show notes. (laughs) Somebody this past week did a video around, hey, would you like one dollar or would you like one Bitcoin? And it's amazing to see how many of these college students uh, accepted which one of those. It's it's amazing. I can spend the dollar. Yeah, I can spend the dollar. They're thinking, oh, I want to go put this dollar in in, in the uh, the vending machine and go get myself a Coke, right? And uh, not realizing that Bitcoin is worth $8,200. Yeah. And when they found out, it's like, oh, really? Well, maybe I should take the uh, the Bitcoin instead. It just shows that we've got a long way to go still yeah. in education. And that's why we're here. We're here to educate and teach people. In fact, this show makes it super easy to share with, you know, with your friends and associates and family and enemies. Even you can make friends of your enemies by sharing bad crypto with them. Like these people that you've owed money for a long time say, you know, show up, say, I can't pay you what I owe you. I hope you don't hate me, but listen to the show and you can consider that my payment. Mm-hmm. And you can mine bad coin and then maybe mm-hmm. you can pay them in that. And then maybe you'll end up staying bad. <sighs> The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.